0: Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is your host, Matthew Kirby, and welcome to a new season of the Young Black HR Podcast, brought to you and sponsored by Honest Human Resources Consulting. Our mission is to have meaningful conversations by amplifying voices and perspectives we need to hear in today's times. The Young Black HR podcast challenges how we define a human resource through discussion of our talents, abilities, and backgrounds that we bring to the table. Now I have one question for you. How are you a human resource? Enjoy today's episode. This one's on me. Hey, what's up? What's going on, y'all? We are, and welcome back to part two, y'all. Y'all know how last conversation has been with folks at Second Chance Studios. Mimi, James, amazing people. Y'all, for those of you that have listened to part one, amazing stories, y'all. I'm not even going to recap that. If you haven't heard it or haven't dove into part one, y'all need to get into that. But Welcome back again, James and Mimi. This this episode, and I normally say it at least once an episode, we can't fit everything into it. So for this particular case, we got to break it up. We got to make it good. Got to make it special. So James, Mimi, welcome back again. And just thinking about now that we had the chance to understand, you know, y'all stories, y'all journeys, you know, learn a little bit more about second chance. I want to I wanna pivot and shift towards more about, you know, what What has life kind of been like post-release, right? Once you all have, have gotten back out into society and even just people who are listening that may or may not be aware. So one of the things that I try to tell people, especially from an HR perspective is, you know, within about the last 10 or so years, because of some of the very same things we spoke about in the first part of this episode, is that that ban the box is, is real, y'all. It's is one of those things where, you know, band the box... Without that, I feel like employers would still be, you know, discriminating against people who may have had histories or past criminal histories where that's not always necessary, needed. Um, and just to give my listeners and viewers and everybody some perspective in case they're like, Matt, what the hell is been the box? What are you talking about? I never had no issues and nothing with with my background. Also, well, we're not talking about you. That don't matter. That ain't the point. So with that being said, we're going to do a rapid fire. So when I talk about ban the box, for those of you that don't know, uh, let's go back to I'll take it back. I'll take it back about a decade. Let's go back to 2012. For those of you who may be familiar with the EEOC, that's kind of the regulatory body that gives guidance on discriminatory matters passes laws, et cetera, like Title VII and all that. They brought up uh, an argument or epiphany that was like, yo, we got some concerns. We're starting to see that because the way that employers are navigating the criminal background checks, this could be a little problematic for those who may be a part of that Title VII class. And just being very practical and oversimplifying you all, for those of you that may not know, Title VII, generally speaking, includes Black and brown minorities, right? Not discriminating based on race, religion, and all those good things that we may have heard of before. So with that being said, EEOC was like, look, I think we got some problematic stuff coming up. Uh, This was back in 2012, and we want to make sure that we raise this concern. And what Ban the Box does, fast forwarding a little bit, uh, think about if y'all remember doing... During Obama's first term, I believe it was 2015, 2016, you know, Obama's President Obama was like, look, what we need to do, and this is talking to all federal agencies in this case, what we need to do is to initiate and enact ban the box. Ban the box is one of those things where it really gives those guardrails and guidance on how employers evaluate applicants with past histories, right? We're not all perfect. So, with that being said, this will and this does cover both public and private employers. Depending on the state, we'll get there in a second. But also, with that being said, you know this didn't take effect, which is crazy. When I when I had to look up the timeline here, this was crazy. Band the box really didn't fully take into effect until twenty twenty one, like end of last year, y'all. Like just just new, just happened. Um, and this is this is something that's been over ten years in the making. So with that being said, you know, if someone's thinking like, well, does ban the box apply to, you know, every, every situation? No, there's still some exemptions when we think about like security, perhaps some law enforcement uh, related opportunities, and especially with some of those positions that relate to children and the elderly. So just to set up everybody, make sure that we're on the same stage, Mimi, James, have you all, since you all have been, uh, released and and back into what others consider normal life, have you all ran into or what's been some of your experiences running into
1: applying for jobs and, and backgrounds and all that good stuff? So you talk about the last 10 years, but for me, I was incarcerated 2012, 2018, uh, up until 2019. And so my first encounter, I think, was when I went to re-register for college and um I was like, you know what? Why should I even bring it up? It, it wasn't like it was a box there because I had to re-register. Uh-huh. But they kind of asked you why it took so long and this, that, and the third. And I'm like, I'm just not going to bring it up. <laughs> I want to finish school. <laughs> what the hell that has to do with going into, well, what happened was, and I know the law says if you were in college and you did commit a drug crime, then you're not entitled to tech, pet. And all the other benefits, but that was in my case. So, uh, you know, we're just going to go around that. I was just skiing around it. That was in my case, so we don't have to talk about it. Right. And so now what I find myself is because I'm still on, uh, on a supervised release. Right. Um, every every job I do get, regardless if they ask me or not, the probation officer is like, "Do they know?" I'm like, uh, uh, what do you mean, do they know? <laughs> so she always has to be involved in that process. And so it, it for me is become it's still there. It's still something that is lingering, whether the jobs are asking or not. I find myself mostly looking for jobs because of my background that kind of deal with. Uh, justice reform and uh, social reform only because it, it, it is still there, whether the box is there or not. There is like this mm-hmm. cloud that hovers over uh, formerly incarcerated uh, individuals like myself, no matter what we've done the time, this is something that afterwards still lingers. And, and you brought up a good point. I mean, there is certain situations like children and elderly, but um I think now the law is if they offer you a job, then they can go into your background. Right. Uh, and that's a that's a good point
0: that you bring up. So, yeah, even even in great segue, by the way, even with that being said. So so someone may be out there thinking about, OK, you know, whether whether I can relate or not of being formally incarcerated or not. What's kind of like the, the present day interpretation of that? And y'all, it's, it's really simple. So thinking about what Banner Box is no matter how technical or how broad you want to get, basically employers nowadays, they can't ask about an applicant's criminal history during that interview process before a conditional offer for employment is made. And what does that even look like as we, as we think about, okay, how do we, how do we use that judgment uh, during that process? Basically, and this is, this is real broad. Every, every organization does it differently, but basically if the past infraction or, or the past whatever relates to whatever role that a person is applying to, they may or may not get that position. So, for example, if you if someone has done some sort of financial crime and you're trying to apply for a job at a bank that may or may not go your way. Right. Just just be honest. Right. With that being said. Um, but also with that in the same breath, you know, if you're, if you're, let me give it a good example. If you have done something, I'll I'll pick on weed nowadays since this is the most serious is decriminalized, right? So if you are now in a state or a place where weed has been decriminalized and you're applying to, I don't know, to be a, a IT person, right? Those two really don't relate, right? So they can't then say, oh, you know, you used, you got uh, formally incarcerated for A, B, and C. We're not going to give you this job. Oftentimes, the real practical application is: look, if it, if it relates, there may be some more hesitancy. But if it doesn't have nothing to do with anything, then there's a better chance that that person, uh, regardless of history, would be uh, potentially selected for that role. So, good point, Mimi, that you mm-hmm. that you brought up, James. What's been your run is? Any any anything with like? You know, since you since you've been out and applying for jobs, have you ever gotten any feedback uh, from from background related stuff? You know, it's interesting because I almost forgot.
2: But then Mimi reminded me that I also had a run in with school. School was my first run in, uh, you know, of, you know, an extensive background check. Uh, you know, I came home. I was trying to play football at Monroe College, actually, which is in Monroe, New York. I will shout them out. Uh, they um, they they made me go through the ringer. I had to speak to, you know, coaches, uh, the heads of every department imaginable, and at the end of the day, uh, they thought it was it was best for me to go to a community college to get integrated back into a, a working school world. I guess if that makes sense. And that was because of my background check. In in, in reality. Um, it didn't really make any sense to me because the whole question was, uh, you know, why did you have a gap in between schooling? And <laughs> once, I, once, once I gave that answer, that's when all the questions came up. But I mean, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. like it, it, was, it was unrelated to school. Like I was going to be commuting and going to class and going home. Like my school record wasn't bad. That had nothing to do mm-hmm. with, with anything. And then so just going on from that, as far as work went, you know, I never really, I never tried to to go anything outside of what 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 would have and made had me look had my background check looked at. You know, I worked at all mom and pops pop stores, a lot of restaurant industry. You know, restaurant industry. You come home, you get you can get a job at any restaurant. Pick you know pick pick your poison. Um, they're not looking at my background check, so I just avoided that. And when I wanted to pursue. You know, you know, my career at the time was I was trying to be a sports agent. I got internships at sports agencies. I just went around that. I just contacted people online on Instagram because I knew at the end of the day, whoever I'm talking to, they could just Google search me anyways. I was getting Google searched going on dates. And that a lot of that made me realize, you know, like application or not, whatever the case may be, if you want to find it out, you can find it out. And then I guess I'll figure that out, you know, once we... Once we get to that, you know, it's funny you say that because I just applied for a job yesterday, not yesterday, a couple, few days ago uh, using, you know, the media program that we've been gifted with a second chance. And I didn't see anything about asking me about my background check. And I didn't even notice that because I'm not even paying attention to it anymore. It's like, you know, Mm -hmm. being a. Being a con, it's like it's like a stain. It never goes away. Mm-mm. You're never gonna get rid of it. You know they can ban the box, do whatever they want. At the end of the day, who those you know people are people. You know they're, they're gonna they're gonna take the stereotype as as they see it fit. And then it's ultimately it's up to them. It's up to us to, you know, kind of be be outspoken about it. You know, you got to let people know who you are, so that they can be able to decide what they want to do with that information. Me hiding it, um, I, it's like I'm I'm hiding myself from people that I you know, you know people that kind of need to know, so they can have a chance to decide.
1: They- you know what? You know it's funny, James. You bring up another point, right? So yeah, we do hide, and even in the education, like I use sometimes on my own resume to get in the door, right? Mimi Pasquale. Because then you're not going to go. Mimi Pasquale was not incarcerated, right? So that's like my first in the door. And then when you get there, yes, uh, the Minerva, but a lot of people that I know that do get higher education also tend to not follow their passions, but follow careers that allow them to get certain licenses or allow them to get certain jobs. Even us going back to Second Chance Studios, a lot of people in the media are not going to be so concerned about your criminal background. But if I want to be a lawyer, I know I'm going to go to school and then I have to hit the board to beg them, please let me practice. You know, same thing with social work. Please let me get my license after I then went to school. And so it just is a continuing thing. So it doesn't really matter about this bang the box. It's going to catch up to us one way or another. No, and that, and that's real, y'all. It's, it's kind of crazy. And
0: uh, first and foremost, you know, I'll, I'll say I appreciate and I feel like our listeners will appreciate this as well, really, really getting and understanding that perspective. Right. So depending on what side of the coin you may sit on, you may be like, OK, they doing something with the band the box, blah, blah, blah. But like, what does that really mean? Right. If you if you if you haven't ever been there. Right. If you haven't been on the other side, in this case, being incarcerated, like what what does that stain look like? And I appreciate y'all really talking about that. And it's it's so interesting to hear, like, you know, it's, it's not a thing where you know, you're getting those all across the board, but it's one of those things where, and y'all been y'all been saying this y'all y'all are taking the path of, for lack of better words, the path of least resistance, right? Because you you know there's some BS that's going to be coming, you know, whichever whichever way, especially if you go down certain routes and whatnot, and even even with that, just thinking about, um, I would say advice or wisdom to other folks who are getting ready to come out of incarceration. How do you kind of recommend or based off of your experiences, how do you all kind of recommend people navigate that? Because that's real, right? There's going to be I recently had a had a uh, cousin to come out of uh, the prison system. And, you know, he could only do but so much. Um, and I think uh, I think right now he's at a I think he's at a Dunkin Donuts or something like that. Right. So going back, going back to James's point. So like what what's what's some of those ways that you all prepare other folks who are getting ready to come back out? for some of these very same things that you all went through.
2: Your cousin, he working at Dunkin' Donuts. I worked at Dunkin' Donuts. I worked at Dunkin' Donuts for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's just kind of like you gotta just yeah i know how to, right. i know how to make all the coffees and, and everything all this cream everybody taking <laughs> right. you know? it's just it's just you gotta just you just gotta go in it head head first mm-hmm. like it's like you said you can only do so much well, once you realize yeah. you can only do so much you will do as much as you can you're doing as much as you can if you truly are doing as much as you can and you know your cousin going to work at duck of donuts yeah he's doing as much as he can i had to realize that too like i you know, I, I'm working at a place where I don't want to be at. I'm seeing people from high school. I'm right down <laughs> from the high school, you know. I'm in a rich area. Like, I, I served Rev, Rev Run a few times, you know. And it's like, you know, I'm looking, you know, you got to get past that looking at yourself being, this black man serving white people. You know, you have to look at just, you know, you have to look past, you have to look past looking down at yourself. Because yeah, there's some people that came in that looked down on me, some people that I knew. Um, You can just tell, they don't have to say it, but you just, you know, you have, you have to get past that. Because at the end of the day, I go home by myself, I did my time by myself, and my I'm going through my growth by myself. I'm allowing people to be a part of my growth, but at the end of the day, like, it's, it's me who has to look at me. So, man, if you're going you go in there again, Coins are dunking, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're surviving, you're doing the same thing you're doing when you was locked up. You're surviving by by any means necessary, you know.
1: Uh, You know, that was not the plan over here. I'm tired of surviving. (laughs) We're trying to thrive now. (laughs) I'm trying to thrive. So I feel like. Uh, coming out, you definitely have to have your plan. And I understand not everybody is the higher education route. No, it's not for everybody. It's really not. But if you are going to be a barber or a hairstylist, just be the best that you can be to thrive and and make that plan out for whatever it is that you're going to be. Because if not, you're going back. You know, you come out, there is no money. Inflation is crazy. Gas is at all time high. Uh, And so you know, is either we're going back or you're going to thrive at whatever skills you have and be the best that you can be. And regardless of what, yes, there's barriers, but there's ways to overcome that. And whether it's vocational skills, you know, um, like even now, I, I definitely want to get my editing skills up, right? I, I've been away for so long, technology changes. So I feel right now with the pause of COVID, I get a restart on new skills, and, and, and sharpening them. I may be 60 years old just doing editing in my house, not being able <laughs> to move. Who knows? But there's so many different avenues out there that uh, don't require that that box or doesn't matter.
0: Got gotcha. you what- know, and yes. I feel like maybe you, you've you been setting me up for, for these segues all episode long. And it's uh, one of those things you make a lot of, you make a lot of good points. It's, you know, I think we were getting at, the, we were talking about, wow, could you imagine someone getting out of the, out of the prison system and you walk into a pandemic, right? So you you get out of, you know, being, being in prison, pandemic outside, and you got to go back in the house and, and just stay there, right? Of, of the pandemic, like what does that look like now? And even just thinking about upskilling, I know you caught out like vocational programs and opportunities, even for those who uh, perhaps have an interest in tech, right? Because everybody trying to Do something technical, you know, Mm -hmm. coding, yep, coding, yep, all of that. So there's there's definitely boot camps out there. But even just some of the some of the ones that you all have seen a lot of people come through, if someone is listening to this and, you know, they they either fresh out or on the other side, never been in. What are some of those kind of like go to uh, avenues that people can tap into um, coming out of the incarceration system that they can tap into? You know, to upskill, to get that development, to kind of skill up real quick. What's some that come to mind?
1: I mean, even Google. Google mm-hmm. partnered with the unemployment department and gave nothing but free classes on uh, doing, d- learning up your soft skills, learning hard skills, because you can't just go in and, and, and dive into the pool, right? You know you're you're out, you know technology change. Let's just start with the basics, start with the Excel, start with the how to email, start with how to PowerPoint. I mean, those soft and hard skills are critical. Google gives them out for free. Um, There's so many other programs that will teach you how to boot camp for free, for coding. Uh, It's just, it's endless, the opportunities of what you can do, let's say, in the mix of the pandemic, in the mix of having no money in the mix of being freshly out. And so you have to decide what your avenue is going to be. That's just how I feel about it. I mean, I went to I went straight to to finish cosmetology school. You know, right. yes, I have my degree now, but I already knew, God leave, I got to cut people's hair in this house, men or women, nails, toes, feet. I got to get money. So it doesn't, it's up to the person to pick something.
0: Gotcha. I hear you. And one one question that I know, I know this has been sent over to me, but I'm curious to hear y'all perspectives on it. So whether somebody sees it on TV or knows someone who's been in the situation. So most people have some sort of idea that there are some jobs that people can do while incarcerated. With that being said, from you all's experiences, whatever those things may or may have not been, is there any is there any uh, any carryover from that? Is it generally speaking like, hey, if I do X while I'm on the inside, can I come out and do X? Like, does any of that transition over, or was that just something that, hey, you know what, just trying to you know trying to stay in my right mind, keep myself busy? How does any kind of uh, prison related jobs or opportunities? Uh, translate into sort of, sort of the real world, sort of speak, or is there no relationship at all? I mean, I mean, there's a relationship. I mean, it's it's life. I you mean, know, you know, I mean, the jobs that that you
2: can get in there, they're all a bunch of jobs you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, as for pay, it's it's for it's for jobs you don't want to do, people you don't want to work with, pay pay that is, you know, not going to get you anywhere, you know, even in there. Um, so I mean, it's it's kind of you just if you can handle that, then you would think that you'd be able to handle, you know, the outside world too, taking out, taking down all that beating, because it's the same beating, you know, you come out, and going to work at Dunkin Donuts, barely making anything to survive, it might not have a place to stay. It's definitely not enough to, to get a place of your own at, at a high rate of speed. You know, it, it, it's, a, it's a lot of patience. Um, it does. I would say it, I would say it, it, it teaches you that it teaches, it teaches you patience. It teaches you that, you know, you don't have to find a light at the end of the tunnel somehow, some way. You have to because no one's going to put no one's going to put it there for you. You know, not everyone is fortunate to come come out with a a, a good circumstance like Mimi's right, though. You know, you got to have a plan, but I, everyone's got to figure out what that plan is for them. I had a plan, but, you know, my plan ha- had me working jobs. I didn't want to work for money that wasn't wasn't going to get me nowhere. But I, I believed in my plan and right. and it, it, it worked, though. It worked yeah. 100 percent. It worked. I stand by it. You know, I had a plan and I just stuck, you know, I stuck to it. I came home. I, I went back to school to play football. I played football, <laughs> you know, and I worked, I worked in the industry. Like I, I was where I wanted to be because of my plan. It took a long ass time and it was terrible. It was a struggle. And I, a lot of hours were spent working for free. Um, But I did it. It worked. That's what I wanted. <laughs> and I got what I
0: wanted. And I, and I, I, I the plan is what got me
1: there,
0: right? No, and I I like how you tapped into that because you know I, I try to tell people, and even if you just think about like movies and shows, like you know you know with them they it's it's extra, right? I remember some of the some of the first stereotypes I will pick on myself um, years years ago at this point, uh, but some of the first stereotypes that they would show what prison life is like is like people in there making license plates. Right. Or the people in there, um, you know, working, working in the kitchens and, or whatever the case may be. And it's just one of those things where I try to tell people look, no matter if you can relate to it or not, you know, we all got to know, we should know. But I like to say this again we all got to, we all got to know, you know, people in prison are humans too, right? People, people in prison, regardless of whatever, whatever transpired, I don't care what it is, uh, people deserve that second chance. And also, it's, it's worth tapping into these organizations that help provide that roadmap, because sometimes coming out, that's barely half the battle. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff that comes after that. And even people on the other side, you know, as you all, and especially if uh, depending on where you work at, for those of you that are listening, you know, there are certain populations that you may interact with within your own company. I don't care if it's manufacturing, restaurant, retail, whatever the case may be. So just going back to giving someone a second chance, what has and if you had to kind of summarize some of your experiences, at what point did you know that you were you were truly getting that second chance that you were truly feeling like, okay, you know, I've been in here for X amount of time. I'm out. I know it's going to be a little tough. But like when 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 did you get to that point? where you had to, or you felt more comfortable, like, breathing that sigh of relief, like, okay, we're getting back on it. What did that second chance look like for you all?
1: I think for me, it was definitely uh, going to certain organizations that offered fellowship and community and stuff like that. Because as I came home, I noticed my son, who's never been incarcerated, didn't have that, you know, it's not like our, or certain communities have the, the rec centers or that type of support like they used to have, you know, back in the day. Uh, So with me coming home and finding certain organizations that helped me get back into school, that helped me get the vocational certificate, that helped us like second chance now. Okay, I've always wanted to do uh, media and I was doing that before. So specifically catered to individuals coming Home. and it's sad believe it or not and i'm part of this community that it has to take something in order for somebody to get a second chance it shouldn't be like that it should already be implemented and be in place so certain communities can thrive these are the first thing that these kids need to have it's not just school the after school shouldn't be a babysitting place it should be stem programs it should be digital program it should be you know all these other things even vocational i have a niece that is just not into school. And we're looking at her now. I'm looking at my sister like, no, she's just, she's not the college type. We need to find something for her now because once college finishes, what, oh, high school finishes, she's not going to go. So let's implement this now, but there is no community out there and there is no organization for people that you know, either they have mental health or have certain uh, limitations that it's not going to take. College is not for everyone. Right. So we need to figure this out now. No, I hear
0: you on that. Um, especially, even just I won't get into too much of a tangent, but yeah, college definitely ain't for everyone, and that debt definitely ain't for everyone as well. So definitely do less than more. James, what was what was your kind of aha moment, or really that understanding of you know I'm truly getting that second chance. What did that look like for you, man? You know, I would like to think it's Second Chance Studios, but it kind of came, it it
2: came before that, but it really just came from a place of me believing in myself. Like, I don't really think, I don't really think anyone gave me a a, a different outlook on a second chance. Like that outlook kind of came, you know, for me, because at the end of the day, I would wake up and I would be like, I did this, 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 and this, and this is why I'm here. Yeah, this and this and this person, you know, accepted me, but at the end of the day, like I put myself out there, you know, like I I I had to do that. Like no one was pushing me. To do that, you know, no one pushed me to go to school. Yeah, my mom wanted me to, but like, did I like school? Hell no, hated it. Still hate it. I'm still in school, you know what I'm saying? But I know I got to do what I got to do to get it done, period. I know that, you know, I got to, you you got to look and sound a certain way, given my circumstances, to make it at least where I want to make it. You know, everybody's got their different, different outlooks on where they want to be. You know, if I want to be in the sports music and entertainment industry yeah i gotta i gotta button some stuff up i gotta i you know i gotta i gotta i gotta look a certain way i gotta sound a certain way i gotta come with you know certain accolades portfolios resumes i gotta have all of that and if i don't then
0: <laughs> look at look at me, me i won't i won't go say nothing but for those of you who watch this video look me, me, me. Right. for those of you that are those of you that are listening Mimi got about umpteen degrees <laughs> certifications on that wall. It's, it looks like a wall to Mimi right now. Like, <laughs> Mimi got a whole bunch of stuff going on, a mm-hmm. whole bunch of stuff. And you get that so that when you it's get a to key. a certain point, yeah, you get
2: to say, It's key. a key. And then they shut up. Then they can't say nothing to you no more.
1: Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a key. That's all it is. Like I I recently just took a, a job offer. Right? Never had that position. Right? I've been in prison. Never had that position before. But I mean, what, what else can I show you that I'm capable? <laughs> what else right. do you want me to show you yeah. that I'm capable of doing? ABC. Then finish this. Took this. Did multitask. Did it all in less than X amount of. I've been home for three years. And These are the not. Same. Right. Like this is all in three years. Like, come on.
2: If you look at it from if you if you if you take us out of jail and you put us in because this is this is how I see things. You know, me being in school, I know the, I'm in school now. I got to take advantage of everything that's going on in school, because when I'm not in school, I'm not a student anymore. and That's tough. You don't get the same opportunities, you know, when you're not a student. Right. Has nothing to do with me being locked up. Like I'm now going to be like everybody else trying to get a job, whether whether I'm in jail or not. So I got to do things to set myself apart. It just so happens that I'm a convicted felon. But if I wasn't a convicted felon, then what? What I got to prove? What I got? What do I have to show? You know? I okay, you're not a felon. So okay, you're not a felon. So what was stopping you from either not even going to school, just going to pursue something? Like what yeah. do you want? What do you want to do? You know? You have to find that out. Whether you were incarcerated or not, yeah, we have it tenfold harder. Harder. <laughs> you know, you know. That is what should be looked yeah. at. Yeah. That we're still mm-hmm. deciding to do all of these things after the fact that we got locked up. Like Mimi got this these degrees and this shit after she got locked up. I'm in school and trying to finish after mm-hmm. you know, I did my time. All of this stuff is coming after and into the future. That's what should be paying attention to.
1: Yeah, but but like uh, James said too, my son just finished college, right? Last year. So now it's been like seven months. Was not able to do an internship. Does not have a job. He is taking classes now at Columbia with coding, And this is the first time that he feels that he's getting the help and the assistance that he needs at an Ivy League school, not at John Jay. Where he graduated, and mind you, this this young man has never been to prison. And look at all the the, the hurdles he has in front of him, with a degree in uh, coding, computer science. So you imagine us, <laughs> <laughs> us here we come with felons, and they're like, nah. In yeah. a in a, in a, in a world of a pandemic. So that's just what we're trying to say. Like, if if I can see everyone else who wasn't in our situation going through it, just put that three times fold on us.
0: Yeah. And that's and that's real. And, and hopefully for those people that are listening who may have never, never, ever been in the prison system or anything like that, hopefully. And this is this is something that I was saying earlier, y'all. We got to we got to remember to humanize one another. Uh, we got to understand that, you know, everybody not starting at the same starting line. Right. You know, your starting line may look different than Mimi's, may look different than James, right? So it's one of those things where it's it's always, and I I literally was just tweeting this the other day. It's it's one of those things where I tell people, especially a skin folk, you know, we gotta lift as we climb, right? We we gotta we gotta get to a place to where, hey, you know, you doing your thing, you're focused, you got your you mm-hmm. got your goal in mind, kind of what James was getting at earlier, right? You gotta do what you gotta do. But even with that being said, you also have to understand that people have different situations and not automatically using those as an excuse or anything like that, but people have different barriers that they need to go through, that they need to navigate. And the fact that, you know, thinking, of you, maybe you got a wall of Mimi behind you, you know, in three years, goodness, you got more degrees than me. and I. Ain't even <laughs> been so, I, you know, so big shout outs and congratulations right. to you. Thank you. And James, I know you're humble and whatnot with your background, but I know you got some stuff at the house too and trophies and everything so it's just it's just it's just crazy that you know sometimes people think of incarcerating incarcerated people as as less than or second class and whatnot well shoot really if we're being real incarcerated people especially um when they succeed and stuff they they might be harder workers and folks who never went in um if we're being real about it but it's 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 always great to have these conversations because look People, people don't always know, you know, with with this episode, with this part two, because I know we could talk all day with this part two coming to an end, what is, what do you want folks who have never been incarcerated, right, who had never been incarcerated before, what do you want folks to know about uh, people who have been in your situation and how to begin to look at um incarcerated people differently what's the takeaway for them
2: it's hard because at the same time i know it's hard because like you know like we are people so that means you know it ain't not, not everybody not everybody that's locked up is the best is the best greatest of a person and just like not everybody on the outside is the greatest of a person right. you know so uh, the negative connotations that surround formerly incarcerated uh you know i, I know i know it makes it tough I know it makes it tough when you know you got me, and I'm telling you about what I did, and I sold weed, and you know you might have somebody next to me who uh, committed a murder out of out of self-defense, you know. Or committed a murder and it wasn't self defense. Whatever the circumstance may may have been, it's still a person. They were made the same way you were made. So I know I know it's hard, but I mean the, the only thing you could do is just, is just listen. So the only thing you do, all you do, only thing you do is just open up your mind and just just and, and just listen and just not be ignorant to, to 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 just people. You know, you just gotta listen. Uh, that's the one thing that I think everybody who's been locked up once is just for somebody to listen because going through the whole process, you ain't getting listened to. And while you're in there, definitely nobody's li- nobody is listening to you. So all we want is just, you know, for people to listen. And then after that, like, yeah, if I fall on my safe, I fall in my face. But that's I mean that's people. You know, you gotta you gotta just let people be people. Uh, and the moment that you stop doing that then you know you just you dehumanize yourself in, in a sense because you know you, you, your kid could be just like me. <laughs> I'm the prime candidate of everybody who thinks you know that their son or their daughter or their little nephews and nieces that this could never happen happen to them yeah it could it can very 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 easily and then you just get swept up by the system. And then that's it. So the best thing anyone can do is just listen, let you, you know, let your heart and let your mind take over, you know, and that's it.
0: Gotcha. I appreciate that. <laughs> Mimi, me, me, I know you got some words, but so what we got? I mean, it's, it's like to me,
1: it's like a twofold question because I, I have supportive, <laughs> toxic family. They think uh-huh. I'm the best thing ever. And it was just the worst, the worst uh, not, not even a mistake, the worst thing that ever happened to me. But I'm not like them. I'm like, who the hell is them? <laughs> you know, <laughs> who the hell is them? <laughs> like, shit happens. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm definitely not an abolitionist. I used to look at some of my bunkies and be like, girl, you belong here. ain't <laughs> for everybody, but it's for you. So I get that. But prison became a dumping ground for a lot of mental health. And so the line starts to get blurred, you know, like, oh, all these people, they're toxic or they belong in there. No, we're dealing. It's like a second wave right now of this revolution. Right. Uh, First, it was Martin Luther King. And now we're at this year later mark. And so. Throughout the years, prison became a dumping ground for mental health. And now it's like, OK, you do your time, but it continues, it continues, it continue to carry this cross of, you know, 44,000 restrictions after the fact. I'm like, it got to stop. Like, okay, let's say, fine, I did it. It was a mistake. I did the time like this. We, I can't continue to carry the cross that you want me to carry just because. Like, let's deal with the issues. as people that it becomes a revolving doors, but now there's other things. There's mental health. There's this, there's that. One person did one mistake and that was it. Come on. I, I, I shouldn't be carrying the cross forever. Right. <laughs> right.
0: No, I, I hear you. I hear you. It's, it's one thing to... You know for any of us really uh prison or not it's one thing to, to do something and, and be held accountable at, at but at a certain point you know society gotta let that hurt go you know you know y'all y'all mm-hmm. more upset than the person that was in the situation right mm-hmm. um so mm-hmm. I, I definitely i definitely get you with that but i appreciate it this is this has definitely been a, a dope conversation amazing conversation i want it to really be uh very intentional um, and having this type of conversation, because, look, folks, like I said earlier, folks be on their own spaces and bubbles and all that good stuff and just be thinking about uh, folks who have been formally incarcerated as others. Right. Or another option or whatnot. So before we go. Before we get out of here, y'all got to tell us what's up, what's going on, what's happening next? What can we expect out of me, me and James? What's what's on the rise? So
1: I just accepted uh, a, a job from College Community Fellowship as a senior organizer. So I'm definitely going to be out there in the front line, organizing, mobilizing, spreading the word about uh, education for women. Uh, post and 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 pre-incarceration right like now we turn on the tap campaign that is going to be an opportunity for uh, people that are on the inside to get their higher education so that's going to be one of my main thing where we're finishing up the fellowship now as well with second chance but uh, we're going to continue to thrive and we're going to continue to learn and we're going to continue to evolve in the digital media platform so definitely check me out Mimi Pascual in like all platforms, right? Okay, I <laughs> and Instagram right. and Facebook. And again, I am producing a podcast on Spotify. It's called It's Coffee Time, C-O-F-F-I-E Time. And I'm, I'm going to be starting mine as well. So it's going to launch March 24th. So just oh, keep, yeah. keep, keep a lookout. There's a lot coming.
0: All right. Sounds good. Love it. Love it. And congratulations on everything uh past pe- past present future because all those together it makes you who you are and I, and we re- we really gotta give people get into the habit of uh giving people their flowers while they're here. So congrats, thank big you, up C me. James, what's up man? What's going on? What what's what's on the horizon for you? You know. <clears throat> you know man it's just it's, 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 it's new and great every day you know just
2: going through the Second Chance Studios program and you know I'm going to finish school hopefully soon and just taking all these new creative spins in my life you know I'm going through a lot I mean what's going what's going on in the future is, is, is hopefully things that just keep on growing you know I've been creating I've been working I've been running around as a PA just trying to get my foot in the door uh, we're all applying to new jobs, I guess I would throw myself out there. You know, I'm trying to I'm trying to work for overtime. For all those who don't know, overtime is a very very big uh, sports media platform. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm putting myself out there, just trying to create, produce, shoot, edit, uh, just take everything that that has been gifted to me i say gifted because i feel like i've been clawing forever you know just to have opportunities so just more opportunities you know to come to be able to share uh i think i finally have some wisdom to share which is funny um i don't know if like that sounds bad to say like i know i have wisdom to share but i really feel like i really feel like i do and like sharing is you know is caring it's really what we're here for I'm where I am today because other people open up their minds and their ears and their mouths and help me. Um, And, you know, I know I change people's, you know, outlooks on other people just by being honest and outspoken and just talking about like what's going on and what's happening and, you know, what goes on with people who have my circumstances. So. I think, uh,
0: yeah, I'm looking to share more and, you know, bring everybody else along along for the ride. Gotcha, I hear you that, you know, y'all, y'all are going to do so much. Y'all don't need me to tell you that. Um, It's good to be a witness um, to seeing you all climb and climb and climb. Definitely excited to to hear and see and continue to partner with all the things that y'all got going on. But for those of you that are listening, if y'all haven't already, y'all know how we do it by now. Follow Young Black HR at, you guess it, Young Black HR on all the platforms. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I ain't doing no TikTok dances, so we ain't on there yet, but follow us, connect with us and keep the conversations going. So until next week, until next time, next conversation, this has been another episode of the Young Black HR Podcast. Make sure you connect with today's guests on social media accounts. And if you haven't already, bookmark and check out our website at honesthumanresources.com for your career related needs. Also connect with Young Black HR on your favorite platform at, you guessed it, Young Black HR. You can locate us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Again, I am your host, Matthew Kirby, and I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Tune in to next week's episode.